0: And it's good to be with you uh, this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, we'll be in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians. I'm going to change that up on my own self. I wasn't going to go there this morning, but the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, uh, verse 13, is where we'll start uh, the scripture this morning. If you have your Bibles, 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 13, if you would. Uh, please stand when you get to that page to pay reverence for the reading of the Word of God. If you can this morning, please stand. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says this Now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we. Uh, thank you for allowing us to come together here this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, the Lord, that's already with us. and. Lord, we thank You for this week that you blessed us with in our studies. Lord, we just pray uh, that You'd use the Scripture. Lord, Father, that You've impressed upon our hearts. Lord, I thank You for the song service that we've had, the Sunday school. Lord, I, I pray, Lord, that we've done all things according to Thy will. And Lord, I, I ask You now just to hide this old sinful preacher behind a cross. Lord, To uh, uh, use unclean lips. Lord, Father, that I have. Lord, and just help me, uh, Lord, Father, that I may reach uh, uh, the throne of glory. Lord, Father, that You may come down. Lord, Father, and help us, Lord, Father, to worship You in a way that's pleasing unto You. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Now in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 uh, uh, verse 13 we're, we started there we're not going to dwell there very long uh, I just kind of wrote that Scripture down uh, this morning as I was studying because Paul and Peter both uh, referenced these three things uh, so often in Scripture and, and they both grabbed on them to them differently and they they taught them differently. And if you read the whole chapter, chapter 13, it, it talks about some of these things that you can do and to show these three different things in your life. But uh, Paul even taught, now abated faith, hope, and charity. And well, most of us know that charity is pretty. Pretty much love. So, about faith, hope, and love, uh, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, we get over to the book of, of 1 Peter and we see something, and that's where we'll spend most of our time this morning, is 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 is where we start at. It starts laming off some of the things uh, uh, that Peter finds that we need to have an uh, understanding about as as Christian people. And now, he, he starts off with verse 3. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now blessed uh, if you go back to the original Greek, uh, it means eulogitos. It means uh, eulogy is where you get that word from. He says blessed be the name. He isn't saying praise be the Lord. He isn't saying blessed uh, in a simple English context. What he's trying to tell us is we should be able to stand up and praise God and and say all the wonderful things uh, that God has done for us. So Most of us have been to a funeral uh, and we understand what a eulogy is, but, uh, but to understand a eulogy of God, a eulogy of Christ, a eulogy of somebody that has done everything for you. Now, there's been wonderful people that I've been to funerals for that have done wonderful things for people in their life. They've, they've laid down their life to raise a family. they laid down their life to, to serve in a place that they work. They've laid down their life for different things. But I want you to know nobody has had anybody put down in a grave here in this old world in the last 2,000 years that has paid the sin debt that has paid for your life uh, that has paid for your sin uh, that you did not deserve other than Jesus Christ Uh, blessed uh, be the God of the Father blessed be, uh, praise his name, eulogize God Uh, he has done more for you uh, than anybody in this world has ever done, Uh, I don't care who you could possibly think of Uh, I don't care your mama, your daddy, your grandparents uh, uh, whoever Uh, your cousins, I don't know who's special to you Uh, God has done more for you than any of those people have ever done blessed be the name do we truly understand the salvation that God has given us do we truly understand what he has blessed us with now we've been blessed uh, folks but even more so I have a lot to look forward to now I said I was hurting for two days, and, and you know when you when you hurt for two days, and some of you probably have to deal with pain. Uh, and bla- praise the Lord, I don't. Uh, I, I kind of asked for the pain that I had in my back uh, uh, for doing something stupid, uh, and, and I had that pain, and it was radiating, really bothered me. I couldn't sleep at night, uh, and you know when the pain finally goes away, whoa, what a relief! Uh, what a relief to wake up and just woo, feel like a million bucks, uh, be able to run around. Well, I felt like running a racetrack. You can tell by looking at. I don't run many racetraps, but I just felt like getting up this morning to praising the Lord. Hey, he's taking a little off of me this morning. Hey, he's taking some pain. He's taking a heartache from folks. He's taking all these wonderful things from our lives and we don't even realize it. He's given us friendships that we didn't deserve. He gives us family that we did not deserve. He gives us friends. He gives us a church house. He gave us a country, praise the Lord, that we can come together and free people and praise. Praise who we want to praise and praise the Lord. We're praising the right one this morning. Yes, sir. He has praised, blessed us. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And what does it say? Which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now blessed be God, and I'm just going to jump straight to a lively hope. Now, my Bible's got a little footnote there. It means a living hope, and I like that. We've got a living hope. If you understand anything about salvation this morning, a faith, hope, and love that we just read over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, uh, what does Peter do? The first one he calls that is is Hope! Hope! is the first thing that appears in Peter's letter. Hope is the focal point of Peter's letters. I do believe he focuses a lot on hope that we should have. Now Peter, of all the people that we can think of in the Bible, if I can think of an apostle that truly should have hope, it is Peter. Now Peter did amazing things. Peter was there in the upper room as the people were eating, and the Bible says that Jesus appeared among them. Peter was there when he appeared... He sat down. He ate food among them. Now this is after Jesus has gone, died. He has done, came back, appeared, and he's eating food with them in the upper room. He goes to Thomas and he says, "Thomas, touch me. All of you, touch me. Realize that I am real. I am who I say I am. I have come to rule." And Peter saw that thing in his life. Peter was on a boat fishing after the ascension. He goes and say, "I go a fishing." He gets out there naked. The Bible. says uh, he has no care in the world but himself and the world and they were out fishing he sees somebody on the seaside uh, and he calls to him he said have you caught anything and then he realizes who it is and Peter jumps off the boat and swims over to Jesus Uh, turning everything behind him he swims to Jesus goes on the shore embraces him Peter that was him Peter was the one that stepped off the boat when Jesus called out to him and beckoned him to come he was the one that that walked on the water. Hey, I've only got two folks I can recall in the Bible that walked on water, and that was Jesus Christ and Peter. Peter seen and felt some things that was amazing. It was Peter, James, and John that went up on a hillside and saw Jesus change right before his very eyes become who he really was. I want you to realize Peter was there, and it even says that they were sleepy, and I don't know how much the other two saw, but Peter woke up and said, hey Lord, uh, we need to build a tabernacle here uh, for Moses. Uh, we need to build a tabernacle here for Elijah. Uh, this transfiguration is amazing. and We're going to build one for you too. And God came up in a cloud and said, listen to my son. Listen to him. Don't worry about the other ones, because they're dead and gone. Peter was there for the ascension. Peter preached the first sermon. Peter Peter preached the first sermon and 3,000 people were added unto the church. Peter, when he walked through the streets, understand folks, don't say nothing about anybody else. Peter did this. When Peter walked through the streets, his shadow was cast upon people that were sick and the sick were healed. Now I can't explain that. (laughs) I can't explain him walking on water. I can't explain uh, him seeing Jesus on the side, on the seaside knowing who he is. I can't explain most of the things that Peter did. I can't. But if anybody's got hope that we can realize and understand this hope, a lively hope, a living hope, it's Peter. And he addresses it first. He hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I'm glad this morning that God is worthy to be praised. <laughs> I'm glad that we have a lively hope within each and every one of us that God deserves our praise. God deserves you to call upon His name. God deserves the church house uh, to be excited to be able to come to a place uh, to praise His name. God deserves those things. He deserves the eulogy, He deserves the love. But what do we have hope about? It says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us. Praise the Lord. Again, unto a lively, a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to know if there's one hope in the church house that we have this morning. My hope, my hope is when I leave this old world, I get to go to a place yes, sir. that is perfect. And even more exciting is I don't know when it's going to happen. It's been preached for 2,000 years and I can't wait. I get raptured one day. A trumpet's blown and it says that we're caught up in the twinkling of an eye. We're caught up just like that. There's two things that I'm looking forward to, folks. Now, I'm looking forward to my little old boy going to school. I'm looking forward to my family growing older and growing together and seeing a fruit from my little old boy and my little old girl and from the families of the churches that I've got to be able to be blessed with, to be a part of. But the one hope that I have is the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which proves to me that one day I'm going to come up out of that old grave. I'm going to ascend unto heaven or He's going to blow a trumpet, praise the Lord and I'm going to be caught up with the whole church house and I'm going to be in His presence in a perfect place called glory. A perfect place that He has went. The Bible says that He has went and prepared for you and for me. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and bring you unto it, that you may sup with me, that you may have a good time, that we may walk a street of gold, that we may see the trees of life. Praise the Lord. I don't know and I don't understand it all but I've got hope I've got hope church living hope incorruptible and undefiled hope verse 4 and I got hope for, for all this to happen but praise the Lord the hope's even better than you realize when you get to verse 4 it says to an inheritance incorruptible hmm. now I like incorruptible that word we're going to come back incorruptible and undefiled, that fadeth, praise the Lord, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Now when Jesus was walking in this old world, we preached it last Sunday. When uh, Jesus was walking in this old world, He had a lady with an issue of blood that was considered unclean that touched His garment. We already preached it last week that when that lady touched His garment, I don't know what happened between that first step and the step that she got to His garment... But an unclean person had touched Jesus, and guess what? Jesus did not become unclean. Uh, Jesus went and touched a leper, and praise the Lord! When he touched the leper, he was not considered unclean. He did not get leprosy because he was a perfect and honorable sacrifice. Uh, What else did he do? Uh, He touched dead folks. Now if you go back to Leviticus uh, and you read the law, that's one thing you did not touch. Uh, If something was dead among you, uh, uh, anybody that touched it had to get it out of the city for so much time. uh, They had to go put themselves up for a week. Uh, They had to bring a sacrifice. Hey, We done went through this last week. uh, But I want you to know something. It was tough uh, to become unclean. I'm glad that Jesus Christ, when He came into the picture, unclean things ran away from Jesus Christ. Uh, There wasn't things that came to Him that came unclean clean. And praise the Lord the day that I got saved, before I even hit my knees, before I even cried out to Him, I had become an unclean thing and become clean before the Savior. Now if you've got hope today, you've got hope in an incorruptible, you've got hope, as the Bible says, undefiled. There's nothing wrong with what we've got to look forward to. Uh, There's no disease, there's no rust, there's no moth, the Bible says. There's nothing to devour the things that we've got waiting for us in heaven. That's hope. <laughs> if I can think of any other hope. Hey, houses leak. Uh, houses, windows got to be replaced. Houses, uh, uh, all kinds of problems. Cars tear up. Uh, hey, workplaces shut down. Uh, we can't put hope uh, in much of anything else. Uh, uh, 401ks, uh, guess what? They fail. Uh, uh, banks, uh, they fail. Uh, everything in this world that we try to put trust in, uh, that we try to put hope in, uh, some things, they fail. Ain't that sad? When they fail, I've bought things before, and they just fail. I've bought cars, drove them for three months, and now they're sitting there ruining. I place a little bit of hope in something, and I learned that that hope wasn't worth the hill of beans. I learned that there was no hope in place. There's people that have placed all their hope in their spouse, and their spouses have left them and done all kinds of problems. There are people that have placed all their hope in their preachers, and their preachers have turned their back on God and committed adulteries and done all kinds of perverse things in the house of God. There are people that trust in family and friends, and they'll be the first ones to turn their backs on you when times get tough. We have hope in so many things, but the church house needs to realize if we want to put hope in anything, Is Jesus Christ. If we want to put hope in anything, it's God. If we want to put hope in anything, it should be primarily your salvation. Now, I'm glad nobody can take that. Nobody has taken my salvation. I got saved at 15 years old. I've been saved over half my life now. Praise the Lord. I got to 30 years old and I rejoiced. And when I got to 30, I said, I've been saved over half my life. I'm ashamed for what I haven't done with over half my life. But I know that I know that I know that I've got hope in a man named Jesus Christ. Now he says undefiled, which that word, I wrote it down. I'm in the words and what they mean. Undefiled means "amiantos." That's what that means in the Greek. Now "amiantos" very simply means free from all contamination. That's what that means. It is free from anything that can contaminate it. And praise the Lord, it's important that it says that about the heaven that we're going to attain because once upon a time there was an angel named Lucifer that was there uh, that tainted heaven, that made a little mark on heaven. And it says that the Bible clearly says it took a third of the angels with Him when He fell in the book of Revelation. Uh, to understand that is to understand that there was defilement in heaven, uh, there was defilement in the Garden of Eden, there is defilement in the world today, but there is the a place with no defilement. Well, I, I, I've read this before and I, I don't know how much you can read into it. I've got a book that all it does is talk about heaven. And it's a glorious book. I'm telling you, a book, it gives scripture and it gives a lot of things. It gets over there talking about heaven. I'll never forget this sentence. I'll never forget this sentence. If you can imagine the world with no sin, that's what heaven would be. I read that, and in my mind, how many of you right now are trying to imagine this world with no sin? How many of you try? You can't. Everything that's around us is engulfed in sin is engulfed in problems, is engulfed with uh, what Zach wants or what you want or what the government wants, or what greedy people want, and what hateful people want uh, and what everybody wants to get out of the church house or, or our city or our governments or our country. Uh, and we have so many problems. But I've got hope. <laughs> I, I can get up here and preach about problems all day long. But praise the Lord, I've got something better to preach about. That's hope. Yes, sir. A living hope. Yes. A better hope. It says, fadeth not away, praise the Lord. It's solid, it's substantial, and it's not there forever. I don't, mm. it's there, it's the stuff of eternity. I ain't got nothing in my life that has lasted my whole lifetime yet. Did y'all hear me? I ain't had nothing that I got as a baby that has lasted all the way up till right now. My hair's falling out. It's going away. I've gained a bunch of weight. My muscles have went away. I didn't have many to begin with. But I, I, we see so many things, that just falls away. A Wood rots out. A Steel rusts and falls apart. Cars just don't last. We've got to build those. Churches fall in. They've got to be worked on from time to time. There are things in this world. Hey, light bulbs. Well, I see light bulbs laying over here a while ago. Hey, light bulbs burn out. I tried to buy them ten year light bulbs. I put one in two weeks ago and one of them done burned out. Yes, sir. This world is temporal. This world will not last. This world, the Bible tells us, will eventually burn up. Yes, sir. And there will be a new Jerusalem coming down. There'll be a new heaven and a new earth that God creates. Yes, sir. I'm excited for the permanent housing of God. Yes, sir. I'm excited. I have hope. Now he, he he talks a lot about this this hope. But verse five, it says, "Who are kept by the power of God." Mm. We get into another word. We got we got we got hope. Who are kept by the power of God through faith, unto salvation, ready to be revealed at the last time, wherein we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness. Through manifold temptations. There's a lot to swallow in verse 5 and 6. But what we pretty much get out of that is we have faith yes. that sees beyond this life. Yes, sir. I've got hope, yes, sir. but I've got faith yes, sir. that there is something else beyond all the problems that I have Beyond the temptations that I face day in and day out, beyond that back pain that I had this weekend, and beyond all the different problems that I go through, whether it be with work, whether it be through family, whether it be with church, whether it be with whatever, I have faith to look beyond that. Yes, sir. Boy, so sorry for the folks that all they dwell on is their problems. Yes, sir. It says the trial. It says ye are in greatly rejoiced, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness. Ye are going to be in tough. Tough times. What kind of faith should Christians have today? The same kind of hope yes, sir. that we have today. Yes, faith to look beyond all these problems that we have. In verse 7 it says that the trial of your faith, praise the Lord that faith, being much more precious than of gold. Did y'all hear that? Our faith Now a lot of people read that and they get a little bit confused. You've got to read through them commas and all those abbreviations. It's trying to say that that faith that we have is more precious than gold. The faith that we have is better than anything else we'll ever attain, ever get, anything that we'll ever buy. The Bible says that when you go out into a field, and he went out and he found it in the field, that he went back and he sold everything that he had so that he could buy that field. So he could get that field and have it. I want you to know if I could put it in a bottle, if I could put it in a box. And I could walk around this church and hand it out. I hope that anybody here that is saved, that if you could put salvation in a box, that faith, that promise, uh, and just be able to pass it around to people. If I could put it and mail it, I would spend my entire, everything that I've got, borrow and send it to everybody that when they open it up at home, they'd get it. They'd have it. It's free. And it's because He loves us so much. The faith that we have is more precious than of gold. Now, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. What happens to gold? It breaks down. And gold's real valuable, but gold's real soft. You leave it outside, I believe that if we took a gold bar and laid it outside for 20, 30 years, about half of it would end up being washed away. with Dirt and grime and, 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 and rain and all these different problems, it would eventually start washing that old gold away. The most valuable thing in this old world is going to be the street in, in glory land. I don't realize if you realize this how wonderful that is. But our faith that we have in Jesus Christ, the faith that the Bible tells us, especially in the book of John, that saves us and seals us to a day of redemption. And One of these days we're going to get to walk on the most valuable metal here on this old world. It's going to be below us, beneath us, because our faith has lifted us up higher than that. Amen. That's the faith that we've got. Though it be tried with fire. Boy, they put that old fire and I want you to know that old faith we have gets tested. I don't know if y'all, if y'all struggle. I struggle. That old faith gets tested. And just as that old valuable is gold, gold, when it gets tested, when it gets dug up and put on a certain place, it gets heated up. It gets melted. It becomes a liquid. And they have an old furnace and they skim off the impurities. They take off the problems. Yep. I'm glad that we're the same way. I'm glad that we get tried by the fire. We go through heartaches. We get melted down. And God is just steadily standing there just taking the impurities off. Yes, sir. I'm not saying y'all are perfect. <laughs> I'm not saying that y'all are going to reach perfection because you're probably not. And I'm not either. But I'm glad He's still working on me. I'm glad He still takes me to that old fire sometimes and lights me up. He gives me them old whoopings. I'm glad that I'm a chosen son of His and He's going to correct His children. His praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We've got something to praise Him about. But we've got hope. We've got faith. And in verse 8, we get to what Paul says is the most important one. Whom having not seen, you ye love. Yes, sir. I've got hope. Praise the Lord. I've got faith. But I've got something that passes a lot of people's understanding. Yes. I've got somebody I love. Yes, sir. Now, if you lost you don't understand why my eyes water up when I start talking about loving somebody. I love the Lord. If there's anything in this old world that I love, it's Jesus. There ain't nothing in this old world going to come above Jesus Christ. Now, I've already been talking. I love my wife to death, and I I, I love a lot of folks, but I love my wife, and I'll use her as an example. I love her to death, but I ain't going to lay out of church to make my wife happy. I ain't saying she ever asked me. I'm just saying I'm not. I ain't going to lay out a church for my boy to play baseball. That seems to be a common factor today. I ain't going to lay out a church because I love gambling. I ain't going to lay out a church because uh, I've got something that's going to make me a bunch of money. I'm not going to lay out of church. I'm going to show up to the house of God, show Him that I love Him, have the faith enough to come, have the the hope enough to come because I love Him. All those, those two other things, I believe they follow love. I love Jesus Christ. There is nothing in this world unless there's somebody locking me up or shooting me that's going to keep me from praising His name. You know, I've said it before and I'll say it again and my wife looks at me like I'm crazy. But when they outlaw preaching and they outlaw telling people the gospel of Jesus Christ, they can put me in jail. And I don't care. And I don't care if none of you are too ashamed to come put up my bail at the jailhouse. I'll go in the jailhouse and preach the gospel to them too. You know, those people need Jesus Christ just as much as the people outside of the jailhouse. There are people that need God and you should love them enough and love them enough, praise the Lord, that you don't want to see them die and go to hell. You know, on Sundays I get a lot of opportunities to preach the gospel. And there's probably a lot of people looking look at me like I'm some kind of crazy fat nut. They do. They say, why does he run around acting crazy, getting loud, getting sweaty? Why does he talk about this love, this faith, this hope? What is wrong with this man? And I want you to realize, you don't have the love that you should have for an almighty God. If you don't understand why I do. Right. Love. What love do we have? Now an important thing to know is when he went up on the seaside when Peter called to him he was on the ship, he was naked he jumped off, he swam to him, he got clothed and it says that they cooked some fish and stuff on the seaside and they were eating Jesus says something to Peter at that point that is very profound if you read it in the English language it's very hard to follow why he says the certain things he says he says Peter do you love me he says yes Lord I love you. He says, feed my sheep. He looks to him again. He says, Peter, do you love me? He says, of course, Lord. I love you. He says, feed my sheep. He asks him the third time. He says, Peter, do you love me? Now, at this point, I've been getting annoyed too. <laughs> he says, Lord, you know that I love you. You know that I would do anything. I'm paraphrasing all this, But he looks to him. He says, feed my lambs. Those three different loves that he's talking about there, he gets to that last one. He's using that old agape love. A lot of you have probably heard that word, agape love. That is the love that comes from that Greek language. That very simply means that is the love that was designed that God has toward us. It is love that passes all understanding. It is a love, I even wrote it down, it's unconditional love. Now, most of you, I don't unconditionally love you. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I fail. If you come say something ugly to me at the end of service, I, I probably will be a little agitated. <laughs> hey, we're fleshly, we're humans. But I love each and every one of you. I hope and I pray that each and every one of you are saved. I hope and pray that each and every one of you can call upon the name of the Lord and know that you've got that, that relationship that you have with Him. But He says "Here's Whom having, having not seen, you love, agape love. You love Him unconditionally even though you've never seen Him. How many of you have a love for somebody that you can think of right now that you've never seen? You've never physically heard their voice. You've never physically touched them and know them. There's not many of us here that can shout a name or say a name, but the only name we should be able to come up with is Jesus. That's the name that we should say. We love Him. We agape love Him. We unconditionally love Him. We love Him just as much as He loves us. We go above and beyond anything in this world that we love to love Him. And show Him that we love Him. Surely, Peter remembers that conversation when he's writing this letter. We've got to agape love. In whom though now you see Him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now, I watched a football game last night. It's, It's college football season, I'm sorry. I don't watch a lot of football, but last night somebody reminded me, they came by the house and said, why ain't you watching football? (laughs) So I turned on the football game and I was watching it. And I had joy because my team had won. I had love, you know, a little bit there for that team. Yeah, they did good. But, you know, about 10 minutes later, I was over there fixing me a sandwich or something. I forgot all about that. It wasn't important in my life. I like the Crimson Tide, and I'm sorry if you don't. But when they win, I like to see them win. I do. I enjoy that. I like to see them. You know how many games I watched last year? Maybe two. And I was one of the biggest Tide fans for years. I could quote you their roster. I followed the recruiting trail. But I was ashamed of myself one day. I realized I couldn't name off the 12 disciples. Think about that, folks. Think about what priorities you have in life. What do you love? What do you agape love? What do you love more than anything else in this world? Whatever I love the most, I'm going to spend the most time with. Whatever I love the most, I'm going to put all my effort into. Think about what you, our church today, is doing. In John chapter 20 verse 29, the Word of God says, Blessed are they that have not seen, but believe. It says that to Thomas. It says that to the disciples in that upper room when He appeared. Blessed are those that have not seen. I haven't physically seen Jesus. I haven't. I'll go ahead and tell you, you haven't either. (laughs) We haven't physically seen Him. Haven't physically touched Him. But I love Him more than anything. And you don't understand that until He saves your soul. You don't understand that until He comes into your life. Joy is the second fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5:22, joy. So loving God is loving joy yes, sir. is joy. Who doesn't love joy? Who doesn't love smiling? And some of you starting to smile out is because I'm smiling at you. It's good. It feels good because we've got a God that loves us. He died for us, He gave us all the joy that we can handle. He gave us all the joy to love life. He gave us all the joy that we have faith, we have hope, and praise the Lord, we have love because of Him. I'm going to close with a couple of pieces of scripture here in 1 Peter, end of this chapter. Verse 22 through 25. It says this, Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently. It says this, "Is being born again, <laughs> praise the Lord, this morning, if you can't shout when it gets to the, if you've been born again, <laughs> there's something wrong in your life. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. You ain't going to last. Nothing you have is going to last. Nothing in this world is going to last. Verse 25, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Yes, sir. That just makes me want to shout. Church, uh, we have an unending priesthood. Yes, sir. A priesthood, the, the book of Hebrews tells us is, is undefiled, is perfect. It says the priest in the book of Hebrews, it says the priest in the Old Testament, uh, they went into the holiest of holies, and guess what? They're dead. That's what the Bible says. And in fact, it says in a different place, it says that oh, the people of old, when they walked through the, uh, the, 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 the forest and the woodlands, uh, they ate manna, uh, but guess what? They're dead too. Yes, sir. But guess what? We have a Savior that is not dead. We have a Savior that is living, that is perfect, that is incorruptible. The Word that is inerrant. We have a promise from Jesus Christ that says, Believe in Him and you shall be saved. Follow Him and take up your cross and do everything that He tells you to. I'm so glad today that I made that decision 17 years ago to follow Jesus Christ. Well, I've made a lot of mistakes now. (laughs) Boy, I've made a lot of... uh, Uh, Done a lot of things I'm not proud of. But I have something I did 17 years ago that I've never shunned. I'll tell you, somebody that's truly saved ain't never going to shun that stuff. Ain't nobody that pronounces their faith and leaves Jesus Christ. They didn't have them to begin with. There was something wrong there to begin with, church. If you lost today, if you're sitting here today and you're a sinner and you never accepted Jesus Christ, uh, you have a perfect place that you can acquire. You have perfect love that you can get. You have hope that you can hold on to. Uh, praise the Lord, He's that good to us. Yes, sir. Boy, I don't have to go buy up nothing, go to a certain place and recite a poem. or I ain't got to go to no priest behind no veil. I ain't got to go to none of y'all. As I'm glad none of us are perfect, I've got one of these. Yes, sir. As I get a verse of some song ready this morning. I'll ask you, do you truly know Jesus Christ today? Do you have a Savior that you love? Do you have somebody that when you cry out at your bedside at night, you can cry out unto the Lord and you know that He's heard you? He, you know that you entered the throne room of glory. You know that you've entered into that place uh, that Ezekiel talks about where his, throne, where his veil just filled the throne up. Uh, the glory of Him speaking shook that doorpost we preached on a while back. Praise the Lord. Uh, we've got somebody that loves us. Uh, and the Bible says, For He loved us so much, He sent His only begotten Son. Uh, whosoever. Praise the Lord. Yes, whosoever. Not the elect, not somebody particular. Whosoever believe in him shall not perish that's right. but you'll have everlasting life that's the hope that i've got that's the faith that i've got that's why i've got love in my life yes, sir. that's why i've got a smile on my face yes, sir. and you should too as we stand what page you got 107. page 107